What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. It's official. It's fall. And I'll bet some of you will be really glad because that means I'll be wearing less of the sleeveless t-shirts. Less hairy shoulders. Alright, let's read some stories. You can't be alone with the kids. So I'm sitting here at work and listening to malicious compliance stories on a podcast. I just remembered this story from when I was about 15 years old and working my first job. This was in the mid-90s, so some of the memories are a little on the fuzzy side. I was 15 years old and able to finally work my first job. I took a job to work in the local daycare center in our town during the summer. I was working with some awesome preschool teachers, but there was one that we can call Nancy, because I don't remember her name. She was a complete and total B. She would always chew me out for not moving fast enough with getting a snack out to the kids, or being fast enough with taking a child to the bathroom. The playground was above ground and the preschool room was below ground. There were huge windows that, even though the walkway was partially blocking the view of the playground, you could still look down into the preschool room and see everything that was going on. The kids usually went out to play after nap time, so usually around 3 or 4 p.m. before parent pickup. We had a little one that was about 2 or 3 that was still in pull-ups and was potty training. She would have accidents sometimes, so she would have to be escorted to the bathroom. Nancy's favorite thing to be at me about was that I had to take this little girl to the bathroom to get changed, but I wasn't allowed to be by myself with her. I asked her why she didn't go and take her down to the bathroom herself then, and her response to me was, I can't leave you alone with the kids on the playground. I get it, a safety issue. So Nancy would send me to take the little girl to the bathroom, but then would yell at me because she couldn't see me with her. She would be at me every day about this. My teenage brain was like, what the F lady? How am I supposed to do my job? So I came up with a plan. One day she asked me to take the little girl to the bathroom and she kindly reminded me that I couldn't be out of view while taking her to the bathroom. Fine, no problem. So I took the little girl to the bathroom. I kept the bathroom door wide open, gave the little girl verbal instructions within earshot, easy enough for a two to three year old to understand, and stood out in the classroom so she could see me. I told the little girl to pull off the wet pants and throw away the pull-up, which she did like a big girl. Her words. Then I told her to come to me. She walked out into the empty classroom within eyesight of Nancy on the playground, standing and staring down watching me. I helped her get her clean pull-up and pants on and took her back up to the playground. Nancy was pissed. Why did you do that? She needed to be taken care of in the bathroom. I just looked her in the eye, all innocent. But you told me that I wasn't allowed to be alone with the kids, and you had to see me at all times. So that's what I did. I didn't get fired. The director of the preschool asked me what happened, and I don't remember her exact response. But I do remember there was a chuckle. Probably not very malicious, but malicious enough for a teenage girl that was super shy in the mid to late 90s. What are we doing? Uh. All right. Can you move over a little bit? Go over here. Move your butt. Sheesh. Never around until it's inconvenient. I don't even have the camera out right now, so yeah. I should make him like a little perch. Like right about here so he can sit and lay down. And that way we can both be on the same camera and make things a little more convenient for Uncle Reddit. Anyway, yeah, that was malicious enough. I mean, I've worked with people like Nancy before. You constantly feel like you're being set up. No matter what you do, it's not good enough, not fast enough, not just not correct. So, yeah, for all the Nancys in the world, 
F you. Okay then, I'll deal with it myself. Won't mention names due to being right into it right now. Story is as follows, I think it qualifies. I went into a local cannabis dispensary to get a dual cartridge CBD slash THC vape pen that was rechargeable to check out. I'm in cancer treatment recovery and use CBD and THC to help with muscle soreness on longer rows of 10 kilometers and the product seemed to fit all the boxes for me. It was like 60 bucks. I didn't have time to try it out that day and the next one. I took a few vapes and it didn't seem to be working. I plugged it into a USB-C cable into a laptop. Device didn't come with one. And went back to working right next to it. A few minutes later I noticed the smell of burning wire and looked down and the disposable device is burning a hole in my desk and smoke is coming out the end with the charger on it. The distillate was bubbling and vapor pouring out the top. I removed it from the charger and let it cool down outside for a few minutes and then hid back to the dispensary. I explained the situation to the clerk and said it was smoldering and reeked of electrical wires burning and he said it sounded like user error to him and I should try a different charger for it. He said that they have had multiple people with this issue and it was always the same thing. He told me to take the device, which is a fire hazard at this point, and plug it back in and it will be just fine. I asked him to write the instructions on the back of my receipt just for clarification and I left with the pen. So I come home again, get a different charger and plug it back in again to the same result but this time I recorded it with my phone on and headed back to the store again. Clark refused the return and said there was about 20% of the product missing and perhaps I just vaped it and couldn't afford another. He did offer me 10% off on another order. He said I was free to contact his manager if I wasn't satisfied and I could deal with it myself. I took the receipt and the pen and I came home and I did just that. I first hit the corporate website of the Canadian company which is highly regulated by federal and provincial cannabis regulations in my country and found the CEO and noted his email address. I then figured out the distributor for the child slash safety protection housing for the devices in question and noted his email address as well. Next was the email address to report faulty and defective devices to Health Canada as well as the regulatory branch of the Consumer Product Protection Agency as well. I sent them all a very factual email stating nothing but facts and I included conversations telling me as a consumer to apply more electricity to an obviously defective device as well as stating that a corporation with multiple reports of a faulty device are legally obligated to report and follow a lengthy investigation when situations like this occur in this industry. It's highly regulated and for a reason. I even sent videos. I finished everything off at about 11pm last night and I sat back and waited. I have a 16 year old son who knew of this situation and on the way to school this morning we discussed it and he bet me 20 bucks that no one would call about it and I should just let it go. I decided that it would go the other way instead. About 9.30 a.m. I get an email from the Indigenous Cannabis Producers PR department stating that she was escalating my concern and someone would be contacting me shortly. I also received another email shortly after from the COO of the Child Protection slash Safety Device Distributor and she and the CEO wanted to discuss this situation with me as well. A call followed with the COO and CEO of the Distributor Device Maker as this stuff was now getting real for them knowing everyone that needed to know now knew and an investigation was imminent. I shared everything with them and a call is being set up with the Chinese manufacturer to ask me the questions about the device and circumstances of the failure and I agreed to that as well. Lastly, the distributor offered to come by this afternoon to pick up the device which is sitting safely outside in a box as I was instructed to do by the consumer safety branch here in Ontario. She said she would include a few products and some swag for my efforts. Sadly, the retail store hasn't said a word which leads me to believe that they really don't give a crap or else they are all too scared to call me back. 
As for my kid, I'm getting 20 bucks and he learns a valuable lesson, that sometimes it's the principal over the $60 device. I suspect the staff won't be telling anyone else to look after things themselves. Dispensary rhymes with Flash & Co. And they need to teach their staff some manners in dealing with customers who they think are all potheads trying to rip them off for 10 bucks worth of THC vape. P.S. No, I didn't steal or attempt to profit by the dispensary's ink pens. This was a THC slash CBD vape pen. I am not a monster. Edited. Lots, because everyone thought I was stealing Bic pens and trying to recharge said pens. Okay, I don't know what the story looked like before the edits, but it would have to be way different uh, if you were thinking that he was stealing Bic pens or ballpoint pens or whatever. Look, I can understand. There's a lot of people working angles out there, always trying to always trying to get something for nothing and get over on the system and everything else. Buying things and making returns. Uh, sometimes they're stealing things and then trying to make returns to get to cash to buy something else, yada, yada, yada. When the guy said this thing was catching on fire sitting on his desk on a normal charger cord, obviously there's something wrong. There should have been more poignant questions. You know, what was it plugged into, blah, blah, blah. And if the manufacturer requires a specific charger cord or a certain voltage or amperage, whatever, I'm not an electrician, uh, type of charging device, then they should supply that with the vape pen. Even if it means it's an extra 20 bucks or whatever. What do I know? Okay, I closed it a little. Today in class with my freshman, I was projecting something to the front of the room and asked them to please close their computers a little so I could go over my short presentation. The kid next to me moved his screen the barest millimeter while looking me dead in the eyes. Through my laughter, I had to coach him through what I wanted. His screen closed enough I could tell if they weren't paying attention. Needless to say, it took a whole minute to get him to close his screen enough with comments of, a little more, and that's too far. I'm going to have a t-shirt made and bumper stickers. Kids will take everything you say literally. Sometimes they just don't know. They're just taking things literally. The other times they know exactly what they're doing and uh, they're playing you. I want a doctor to place my IV. This story takes place a few years back when I was doing a clinical rotation in phlebotomy for my degree in medical laboratory science. I was placed in the ED, edit, emergency department, of a local hospital, practicing poking patients and drawing their blood. All the staff knew that my snow white scrubs meant I was a student, but some patients took them to mean I was a physician. One night I happened to walk by an exam room where an altercation was taking place between a patient, I'll call Mr. Smith, and a very patient RN registered nurse. Altercations were a fairly common occurrence in the emergency department, but I was still pretty green, so it was hard not to stop and listen in. Nurse. I've been doing this for 30 years, Mr. Smith. I can assure you. Patient. I don't care how long you've been doing this. I want a doctor to place my IV. Nurse. Mr. Smith, if you hold still, I promise I'll have it in in a flash. You'll hardly feel a thing. Patient. Are you deaf or just stupid? I want... At this point, the man catches sight of me loitering in the hallway. I want her to place my IV. Me, being flabbergasted, but I can't thread IVs. I only know how to draw blood. Nurse. Sir, she's just a student. This affront seemed to put the patient into overdrive, and he began slamming his fist on the bed rail, screaming for a doctor. The nurse quietly took me aside and asked me to go fetch one of the physicians on duty. I ran to get the kindest one, as I was afraid of getting snapped at by the other doctors working that night. I'll call him Dr. Anderson. Dr. Anderson patiently listened to my explanation wordlessly grabbed an IV kit out of the cupboard, and followed me to the patient's room. We could hear the patient still throwing his tantrum as we walked down the hall. As soon as Dr. Anderson stepped into the room in his white coat, the patient switched it off like a light and breathed a heavy sigh of relief. 
Then the patient says, finally, with a smug smile at his nurse. Dr. Anderson, with a big friendly smile, Hello, Mr. Smith, I hear you want a doctor to place your IV. Well, I haven't done this since medical school, so that's what, 25 years ago now? I might be a little rusty, but I'm happy to give it a shot. Nurse, will you please position the patient's head? I'm going for the jugular. Suddenly, the patient decided he didn't want a doctor to place his IV after all, and the nurse with 30 years experience placing IVs would do just fine. Everybody has their specialty, everybody has their job and their part to do in doctor's offices and hospitals. You know, people that are trained for this stuff are generally the ones you need to trust. Most of them are doing it because they know it's their job, they're good at it, because they want to be efficient and be done. Occasionally you'll get one that messes things up and pokes you seven, eight, sometimes a dozen times, and makes your arm look like you just got hit by a train from one side. But those are the rare ones. Other than that, hey, you tell me what you need to happen and we'll make it happen. You want to put an IV in? Put the IV in. And I like that the doctor played it up so that uh, the guy would finally trust the nurse. I'm pretty sure he could place an IV line without a whole ton of trouble. Maybe two or three sticks. Maybe. Yell at me for delivering? Well, time to get some exercise. Some years ago, I was driving pickups and deliveries, P&D, for a trucking company in Denmark. P&D is the part of the transport chain where you usually deliver small quantities to multiple customers on a route. Kind of like UPS or FedEx, but in semis or rigid and box trucks. It was nearing the end of the day and I had to deliver a trampoline to a residential area. Mind you, this is in EU, so things may be a bit different than in the US regarding rules and regulations. It was a fairly new area with plenty of space, but I had to reverse in because there was no way of turning around. But no problem, the road was wide and so were the corners I had to go around. I put my semi in reverse and started going backwards, and of course I was delivering to the last house on the street. Now the road climbed a bit and was about six or 700 meters long, but it all went fine. When I finally got to the end of the road and got out of my truck to unload this trampoline, some guy was already standing behind my truck and started yelling and swearing at me. Saying things like, I was the biggest idiot on this earth. How the hell could I even think of going in there with a semi? I could have run over all the kids in the neighborhood. No one was out. I had absolutely no valid reason for being there and could get the hell out of there right away. Instead of starting an argument with the person, I calmly asked him where he lived. He pointed at the house and said, number 74. Lo and behold, where was I delivering? You guessed it, number 74. So I again very calmly told this man, well, in that case, I have a trampoline for you. Oh, the man said, well, I would like it if you could. But, I interrupted, since I have no business being in here with a semi, I'll be waiting for you at the end of the road and pointed to the direction I just came from. Mind you, this is a big model weighing about 130 pounds, so you might want to bring a wheelbarrow. The joy it was seeing him coming all the way down the road with his wheelbarrow, and then trying to get this 130 pound trampoline up in the wheelbarrow, and starting his long heavy walk 700 meters up to his house again. Priceless. Yup, that was absolutely perfect. First, people need to start minding their own business. Now, if he was ripping and tearing up that road in reverse, fine. But... You know, even in the EU, and I'm pretty sure EU trucks had backup alarms way before U.S. trucks did. But anyway, I guarantee you they have backup alarms. These guys are trained. It's a semi-truck. He's not going fast. You know, you ordered this stuff. This is the way it needs to get delivered. Deal with it. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.